Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. Well, welcome everyone. You're so we're so glad that you're with us today and thank you so much for joining. Thanks for your interest in preserving families. Yes. Thanks for your support. Thanks for all your kind notes. We your encouragement. We feel very supported and blessed by all of you. So thanks for being a part of preserving families. Um before we start here, I just wanted to throw this out really quick that we have um, we're going on a cruise this uh, June. June, June 2nd through 9th, Preserving Families Cruise. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We have a great group of people that are going. We do have the final deadline being February 3rd. So if anybody's still interested, anybody's still thinking about joining us, um, you might want to get on that quick. Or if you know anybody who might be interested, tell them really quick because our hard deadline is February 3rd. But it's going to be awesome. We're going to have so much fun. We were leaving out of Vancouver, Canada, going up to Alaska and back. So it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have all things family, all different topics, and um, going to meet wonderful Parenting, people. grandparenting. We'll talk about some of our, we may even talk about President Nelson a little bit. <laughs> all things family and church related. So anybody who's interested, contact us ASAP. And anyway, moving on. So that's preserving families podcast at gmail.com. That's probably a great way to get a hold of us. And there are a few spots left, so that would be wonderful. Here's another thought we want to share with you, and we probably should promote this a little bit more, but occasionally we'll meet people who listen to the podcast and they'll and they'll say, Hey, do you guys take questions? We would love to send some questions in. And so we welcome that. And so we haven't got to the point where we feel like calling it the mailbag yet. But if you send in a question to, once again, preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com, we would try to answer uh, some of those questions. Uh, we may not be qualified to answer all of them, but we certainly, certainly would love to try. So feel free to email us. So the topic on our mind today is we want to talk about marriage and we want to use President Nelson and his life and his teachings on marriage and family to really make some key points. If you haven't purchased the book, Heart of the Matter, we recommend it to all of you. It's wonderful. And one of the things I would share about this book is I feel like President Nelson goes into some detail and tells us some stories. He shares some experiences that you really aren't going to get in general conference or other places like that. And it's been very insightful uh, to read that book. You know, for years, David O. McKay was kind of known as the marriage and family prophet. He had so many talks and statements on marriage and family. But I really think before us today, we have President Russell M. Nelson. And not only has he spoken about marriage and family, but the way that he's lived his life and the kind of father and husband that he's been has been remarkable in my mind. A few years ago, I was given the opportunity in my job at BYU to help co-author a chapter on President Nelson's life, which allowed me to be able to interview some members of his family, some of his children. And once again, there was nothing that I heard from any of them that didn't cause me to think this, our prophet is spectacular. He's humble and he's meek, but he has been such a 
driving force for the family over the years. And so, yeah, so we want to talk about him. One of the reasons we love President Nelson is that he is passionate about family, about marriage. You can hear it in his talks that we're going to talk about throughout today. But we thought we would um, kick it off by one of the great stories he tells. And you can feel the passion about marriage. Yeah. In fact, this may be about as wound up and passionate as you'll ever see our our prophet. (laughs) As we brethren travel about the world, sometimes we see worrisome scenes. On a recent flight, I sat behind a husband and wife. She obviously loved her husband. As she stroked the back of his neck, I could see her wedding ring. She would nestle close to him and rest her head upon his shoulder, seeking his companionship. In contrast, he seemed totally oblivious to her presence. He was focused solely upon an electronic game player. During the entire flight, his attention was riveted upon that device. Not once did he look at her, speak to her, or acknowledge her yearning for affection. His inattention made me feel like shouting, open your eyes, man, can't you see? Pay attention, your wife loves you, she needs you. I don't know more about them. I haven't seen them since. (laughs) Perhaps I was alarmed unduly. And very possibly, if this man knew of my concern for them, he might feel sorry for me in not knowing how to use such an exciting toy. (laughs) And once again, I don't know if I've ever heard President Nelson so fired up. And I really think that that was not long after Danzel had passed away. And I think marriage was just really on his mind. Now, we wanted to just share with you some of the things that he has said, some of the teachings on marriage over the, over the last few years. One of them comes from his talk, and we recommend it to you, called Nurturing Marriage. That was, that was in the April 2006 conference. But he said that marriage brings greater possibilities for happiness than does any other human relationship, yet some married couples fall short of their full potential. And then he said they let their romance become rusty. They take each other for granted. They allow other interests or clouds of neglect to obscure the vision of what their marriage really could be. And marriages would be happier if nurtured more carefully. We see that, Janie, don't we, all the time, even in our own marriage, right? Where it's so easy. Everything else almost comes first. We have all these uh, deadlines and activities and ca- things on our calendar that we're trying to uh, we're trying to cover all the bases. And then next thing you know, the marriage is one, it feels like sometimes could be one of the first things that gets the least amount of attention. Yeah. It kind of gets shoved to the back because we've got kids in our face, like 24 seven, you know, grandchildren, church responsibilities, work responsibilities, just taking care of daily life, you know? And I think sometimes our marriages can really grow stale or, you know, I do think sometimes we take each other for granted. I can say that about us, you know, because sure. <laughs> we're just like, okay, they know how busy, we, you know, we know how busy yeah, she each gets other it, are. She and, gets it, so I'm just yeah, going to keep so doing I'll, this till 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'll catch you <laughs> next weekend or whatever. But I love what President Nelson said that it, I just thought this was funny, that each marriage starts with two built-in handicaps. <laughs> it mm. involves two imperfect people, right? right. And so... If we're just starting out in marriage or for those of us that have been married for a while, you know, it's 
it's learning to take two imperfect people and to create one and to create this this marriage, this unity, and it's rough. And and there's times that it's great and there's times that it's rough, you know, and that's just how <laughs> marriage is up and down, up and down. And I think we always have to be trying to improve, always trying to communicate, trying to better, trying to meet each other's needs. I think it's just, you know, well, when I, you have two very imperfect people. <laughs> it's just right. And, and it's like prophets. a dance, just trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, prophets and apostles aren't perfect either, right? And I'm sure they have to work on their marriages. But I think anytime... If you when you say that our our marriage drops a little bit or all of a sudden there's a few problems we have to work on, I think we can always in our case almost always trace it back to okay we've we've neglected we've neglected the marriage right we've, we've right. let all these other things creep in in front and now we've got to find a way to put our put the marriage back on top right absolutely. In his talk celestial marriage, President Nelson says that harmony in marriage comes only when one esteems the welfare of his or her spouse among the highest of priorities. Mm, There it is. And that's the answer is we have to put our spouse first more than ourselves. You know, we can't be inward like, oh, why aren't my needs being met? I think as we turn outside and try to meet our spouse's needs, then, and hopefully they're doing that for us, then that's when we find harmony in marriage. Right, right. In fact, in another talk that he gave called Our Sacred Duty to Honor Women, Back in the April conference of 1999, he said, and maybe it was a priesthood session, I think it was, where he said to the husbands to keep alive the spirit of romance in your marriage. And that's great counsel for all of us as husbands, that we have to keep that at the forefront. Be considerate and kind in the tender intimacies of your married life. He said, let your thoughts and actions inspire confidence and trust. Let your words be wholesome and your time together uplifting. But here's the key to let nothing take priority over your wife, not work, not recreation, not, not no hobbies, right? An ideal marriage is a true partnership between two imperfect people, each striving to complement the other and to keep the commandments and to, to do the Lord's will. But anyway, back to this idea that he's just really big on it. And that's that our marriage has to be at the, at the top of the list, right? Of all the, of all of our to-do lists today, if we don't have the marriage up there at the very top, we risk our marriage eroding. Well, and how do we do that? I mean, when we have so much going on, our plates are so full, so much coming at us all day long. How, because I mean, we struggle with this all the time, is how do we make each other a priority? <laughs> right. When you have other things, you know, because you're like, oh, again, he knows how busy I am, you know, and you're just trying to put out fires all day. I think you have to have little powwows on purpose, right? <laughs> Deliberate powwows as often as you can, little couples meetings to check in with each other to see how things are going. And it's always a great opportunity to say, you know what? I feel we're, re- I feel we're really distant right now. I feel like we've let everything else creep in. And when was the last time we did something together? And you start to talk about it and realize, okay, because you, in most healthy marriages, you want to be together, right? You want to go do things together. And so now you're trying to be deliberate and intentional in making things happen where you can spend that time together. Now, that's just me. I mean, you may have another idea, but I but I think we have to talk about it and address it and not just hope that our partner figures out, wow, I don't know if they've noticed, but they've not really made this marriage a priority in a while. I'm getting really upset. No, take a time out and say, I think we need to, I think we need to connect here. Let's, let's talk and 
in football lingo, let's huddle up and let's make a play for the next couple of weeks here and let's figure out how to put our marriage at the top. I don't know. What do you yeah, think? No, I think that's good. I I mean, just like last night when you came in at 1030 last night and from and you've been gone all day with meetings and work and everything and we got to sit on the couch for just like half an hour and catch up and try to touch base again. <laughs> and I think we just have to make it a priority. We have to make make time for each other in our crazy world and our crazy days that, you know, our spouse is the most important person in our life. And sometimes they know they get shoved to the back. And so, yeah, yeah, that's good. In fact, Janie, this reminds me of a, another message. It was called listen to learn. And I, the older I get and the more that I interact with others, the more that I learn that listening is a skill and not everyone has it. You know, not everyone has it. I think I told you a few years ago of the experience of reconnecting with some older friends and going to lunch. And uh, I came home and you would say, so how, how was it? What's going on in their lives? And I said, I can tell you everything about their lives. I don't think they know anything about ours, though. They didn't ask one question, you know. So listening becomes a, a big deal. But in that talk on listening, uh, here's what President Nelson said. Maybe it's his most quotable statement on on marriage, and that's where he said that if marriage is a prime relationship in life, it deserves prime time. Mm. Yet less important appointments are often given priority, leaving only leftover moments for listening to precious partners. And then he says, keeping the garden of marriage well cultivated and free from, from weeds of neglect requires the time and commitment of love. And I know in our family, we've often liked to go to that analogy of the garden or the yard or whatever, that if we want to keep the yard or the garden in tip-top shape, we've got to water, we've got to weed, we've got to fertilize, we need sunlight. And and that's exactly what our marriages need. I love how he says, you know, that they sh our, our marriages, if they're our priority, they shouldn't be getting the leftovers. And I right. feel sometimes that's, that's how we, you and I run, right? We we give each other the leftovers at 1030 at night, right? After everything has taken priority all day. And I think, yeah, I know that that's one of our goals this year as a couple is we determine that we are going to be better about constant date night, about getting away at least quarterly, even if it's one night, just mm -hmm. getting away, turning the phones off, you know, getting away from the world, even if it's just going to Salt Lake or <laughs> St. George or something. But, you know, we've committed to do that because I think sometimes that that's so real is that our spouses get the leftovers of us. Right. Yep. It's so real. And, you know, it reminds me of something that President Kimball said, you know, years ago as the president of the church. He also was very concerned about marriages. And he said that many couples permit their marriages to become stale and their love to grow cold like old bread or worn out jokes or cold gravy <laughs> anyway but just once again maybe the one of the one of the greatest dangers i think for most active faithful lds couples is the danger of apathy uh, in our marriages and so we've got to find a way to keep our marriages alive and and reconnect and always try to remember why we fell in love in the first place and why we are so happy to be together and I look at you, Janie, sometimes and think that I'm like, wow, I can't believe we've been together this long. But I remember those days of uh, of just thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to marry her. It's going to be so incredible. Never thinking that we would actually have 500 other things to do <laughs> besides that. I just thought we would be reading poetry and feeding each other grapes all day, right? Didn't work out like that. 
Okay, before we head on, there's just one more teaching that yeah. I think that we need to point out from President Nelson in a talk he gave called Reflection and Resolution back in the 90s. He he made a great point that as married couples that we should set righteous habits together, that we should never name call, that we should never talk bad about each other. We should never use names that are derogatory or that Words like that label, yeah, yeah, our our spouse. Um, and then also we need to make our, on the opposite side, purposely make our home a, a place of peace and love and a place where we have prayer and a sanctuary of faith, he says, where people are welcome, where we read the scriptures, where just to create that climate in our home. I love the idea of creating that kind of culture. You know, I love it when uh, people notice how your home feels, right? And they'll say, wow, I love being in your house because it just feels this way. Yeah. You certainly want people to feel welcome, but also our home should be the safest place for our family members, right? Our spouses and our children. They shouldn't be at school all day or at work or in other places being ridiculed or having to face whatever they face and then come home and get and get clubbed over the head there either, right? We need to make our homes a safe haven for yeah. all of us, for every member of the family. And Jane, you're really good at that. I always love that you're like, no, I want to make this so every person feels so welcome here and you do a great job of it and i i'm grateful for that so oh, thank you so in reading you know president nelson's book heart of the matter which once again we we recommend it to everyone you know there's a section in there uh on marriage and family i think the chapter is called treasure your family we recommend it for sure and in that in this uh chapter he just talks about a lot of principles that that will strengthen both our families, but more specifically our marriages. And kind of in an affectionate way, he calls all these eights. There's eight of them. There's eight principles. And he has them all in with the phrase with the phrase eight, right? So like anticipate. Appreciate, celebrate. And so right. we thought it'd be fun to talk about each one of these eight eights that he has. Because <laughs> we love to eight. We love eighting. And we have eight kids, so we love the number eight. Yeah, we do. So we thought it'd be really fun just to take these eights and talk about them for a few minutes so that we can all strengthen our marriages. <laughs> right. The first one being, like we said, is anticipate. This is the first eight that President Nelson gave us. And mm. to anticipate, think of each other's hopes and needs and mm. anticipate them. Know our spouse, um, speak their love language, help them achieve their dreams and their desires and things like that. Remember Sister Hinckley, you, you, I know you love this quote where she said that President Hinckley always gave her wings to fly, you mm. know, and, and reach her goals and her dreams. Mm -hmm. But I love this idea that, that anticipating is, is, of course, it's looking forward and it's, it is meeting needs. But Mark, it's also I, I love that you always say that, you know, every wife or but I think marriage too needs something to look forward to, you know, to keep their keep their love alive or to keep them. And I so I think that's part of anticipate is yeah. having things to look forward to as a married couple that we can do together, trips or activities or projects or something like that. And and I agree, Janie. I feel like in my life I always have to have that. If you tell me that we're doing this thing in a couple of months or next week or whatever, I, okay, I'm excited here. So with each of these eights, what I've tried to do is incorporate some of the research and some of the stories I've come across in writing about President Nelson's life a little bit. And so one of them is really cool. As we talk about anticipating, 
Before they even had children, Russell and Dansel found themselves in the north woods of Minnesota having a poignant conversation. And President Nelson remembered that we had asked ourselves whether we wanted children, and if so, how many? We each timidly felt, <laughs> felt out the other's attitudes on that question, but after we had explored it a bit, we both came to the conclusion that an even dozen would do. Um, and I know, Janie, you always wanted to have a dozen, right? Uh, he says, I don't know how serious we were at that time. We were so young and naive, but I love <laughs> the idea that they were actually thinking, okay, what, what, you know, how many children do we want to have? I know you and I thought about it in a different way. We thought of, okay, how do we want to raise our family? What, what do we want our family to look like? I think that's anticipating. I think having goals and dreams is anticipating, yeah, right? Talking about your future. What, what does five years from from now look like what does 10 years look like what do we want to do when we retire you know things like that part of it part of it too you know adding to this anticipate idea is some of you may know this some of you may not but the president ezra taft benson and his wife flora sold to the nelsons their cabin that they owned at midway and they just looked at the nelsons with all those kids and they thought you know what you guys need this more than we do you know we want to sell it to you and I love in, uh, in the biography of President Nelson written by Elder Spencer J. Condy, he wrote this. He said, Russell and Dansel looked at each other and envisioned a future potential of a getaway for their family. And then they went ahead and moved forward and bought that cabin. But it was part of this idea of anticipating. We want, you know, they wanted some place where their busy family could gather and, and, and create memories together. Yeah. I love that about anticipate. Okay, the mm. second one is appreciate. Mm. Appreciate, that's a big one in marriage. To appreciate, to say, I love you and thank you. It's not difficult, but sometimes I don't know why we don't. <laughs> Maybe sometimes like me, I think it, but it doesn't come out of my mouth, you know, but we need to make that come out of our mouth and express that to our spouse. Um, these expressions of love and appreciation do more than acknowledge a kind thought or deed. They're signs of civility. They're signs of love in our, in our relationship. Right. President Nelson said, as grateful partners look for the good in each other and sincerely pay compliments to one another, wives and husbands will strive to become the persons described in those compliments. So I love that. We give compliments to, to keep the good behavior going, right? So if I say, Honey, thank you so much for working so hard for our family or providing that fun trip for us. He's going to want to do it again, hopefully. <laughs> Rewarded behavior continues, right? Rewarded right. behavior continues. And so, yeah, you or I tell you that was the most incredible dinner I think I've ever had. I bet we have it again soon, right? Not long <laughs> after that. Yeah. So what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to share, if I can pull in then, some examples of how President and Sister Nelson did this in their marriage. And here's one of those examples. So Sister Nelson sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir for years. And President Nelson's sister Enid was kind of hotel roommates with, with, uh, with Dansel. Enid observed firsthand Russell's deep and abiding love for Dansel. Every day during the choir tour, Dansel would discover a beautiful new love note lying in her sheet music or a heartfelt expression of affection tucked away in her clothes, packed away in her suitcase. And then another one comes from their daughter. Uh, one of their daughters said this, Marcia, of her parents, that they always put more trust in us than we deserved. They taught us the principles, but then we had to make our own decisions. They were always generous in their praise. There it is again. So it's not just in marriage, but they're also praising their children. And, and then the daughter said, and we just couldn't let them down. Another uh, one of their children 
said that we just never wanted to disappoint or betray the trust of our parents because the idea was because of all the appreciation and the praise that they gave us, you know. And so once again, if for those of you in marriage, if you're one of those who thinks of expressing appreciation but doesn't, take it to the next step and actually express that and express it often because once again, I think that's one of the greatest guards against apathy. Janie, when I'm telling you, thank you for this and noticing all the things that you're doing during the day to make our family work, I think that I think that you appreciate that. <laughs> I hope you do. Yes, I appreciate the appreciation. I yeah, do. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Okay, the number three of his eights is celebrate. Mm. And I love this one. To me, this is fun. <laughs> Celebration is good, I know. President Nelson said, don't just remember your wedding anniversary and each other's birthdays. Celebrate them. Mm. Celebrate finding each other. Celebrate your ceiling by attending the temple together regularly. Celebrate your love for each other by date night so that you have time together alone. Take those. I love that. Take those little special things and celebrate them and make those a big deal. and Look forward to those in your marriage. I love that. You know, I know that in the Nelson's case, a couple of celebrations come to mind. One is that they were married on August the 31st. And so every year on August the 31st, unless it was on a Sunday, the Nelsons would spend that day in the temple. And uh, President Nelson would arrange his schedule. He wouldn't have any surgeries that day. He wouldn't have any uh, patients. They would be in the, in the Salt Lake Temple that day remembering uh, the day that they were married. Another fun one is just a tradition, but the Nelson family... For every general conference, after every general conference, they would go home and they would make, the family would make homemade donuts. The The women would make the donuts while the men were at the priesthood meeting. And then they would come home and eat those. But even even celebrations at their cabin, I mean, that was part of the reasons of having that cabin is every 4th of July, every Pioneer Day. I mean, they had the family Olympics. They had all these events that they created, but they were always celebrating. And now we know from our interviews with them that one day a month. And I want to say it's a Sunday or a Monday. I think maybe it's a Monday, but one Monday a month, they celebrate all of the birthdays of everyone in the family that month. They all get together. There's over a hundred of them, right? Sometimes they have to go to a steak center. Sometimes they have to go to whoever has a large home, right? And they are celebrating the birthdays of everyone in the family that was born that month. And sometimes it's like 25 people, if you can imagine that. Yeah, we're starting to imagine it in our family, <laughs> so I get it. We are, that's right. <laughs> but I, I love this too, that President Nelson said, presidents exchanged on anniversaries have always been modest in their home huh? because he said, because we feel that to a certain extent, every day ought to be a wedding anniversary. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That yeah. every day we should cherish our spouse and treat it like it's a big event because it is. I think that's great. I love that. So let's let's follow President Nelson's life and example and and let's make special things special Mm. i know we've said that before we when we've talked about traditions in our family but let's make special things in our family special let's make special things in our marriage special let's talk about maybe our first date and how we met and 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 look forward to special things like that and make a production out of it when it's our spouse's birthday we don't just like you know, hand them a gift card and be like, hey, knock yourself out. Like, we should make it a day, you know, make them breakfast, make them lunch. Let's go to special dinner. Let's do something. I know in our family, we've always loved to go around the room and have everyone say something nice about that person and how they've affected their life. And I think that has become more important to people than 
whatever gifts they get, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> everyone loves hearing something nice, what people think about them, and for sure. So again, I love that is making taking the time to make special things special. Okay, the fourth one of President Nelson's eights is cooperate. <laughs> mm. And that can mean a lot of things, but I think he said that it means that you work together towards a common goal and that you lift each other's load and lighten each other's burdens. And so too many people nowadays, I think too many married couples just work side by side. They, you know, they, it's almost like they become roommates Right, and they live separate lives where, you know, if we're having a healthy marriage, we need to work together. And, you know, if you're having a bad week, I can say, what can I do? What can I help with? What can I take off your plate? You know, and then you can do the same for me. You could say, Hey, I got you this week. You know, yeah. there's a, what can I do to help? Yeah. There's that, again, I think we've told this before, but there's that great story, kind of a little snippet by Brene Brown, where she says they have a deal. They have kind of a pact in their marriage where, you know, if she comes home and she's had a rotten day and or maybe a rotten week and she's just feeling overwhelmed, she'll look at her husband and say, honey, I'm running on about a 10 today <laughs> and you're going to have to pick up the 90. And he's like, I gotcha. You know, right. yep, I, I'm good. I'll take the kids to soccer. I'll pick up our daughter from choir and, you know, we got this. And she'll do the same for him. If he comes home and says, honey, I'm running about a 20 at, at best, you know, and she'll be like, okay, you go in, you do what you need to do. I got tonight, you know, or, right. And I love that because we all are going to have that at some point, right? We're, <laughs> but we should look to each other first and, mm -hmm. and rely on each other. And that's what, that's what healthy partners and spouses do. I think that's great, Janie. And I think even in my mind, just working together, I like when we work on the inside of our house together. I like when we do remodeling projects together. I love when we work in the yard together. You know, it's just it's just fun to be working together as a team. I think that strengthens our team concept. Now on the Nelsons, the way that this worked is you can imagine President Nelson, super busy, stake president, surgeon, uh, who knows how many hours a week he's working. But one of the things that President Nelson did in, in his marriage to make it better and more effective and more meaningful for both of them Every Thursday, he would come home early from work, and he was there to help with the kids. Thursday was the day that Dansel was off. It was her day off, so oh, to speak. Cute. And he would watch the kids while she would go volunteer. She liked to volunteer at hospitals and other places. And then every Thursday evening, she would have tabernacle choir practice. And that was his chance to be with the kids. And he wasn't like a lot of dads, you know, who would just sit, you know, on the couch with a remote control watching TV. <laughs> he was involved in their lives he was helping them get ready for the next day he wasn't day. just babysitting right? right i hate when people say oh the dad's babysitting tonight no those, that's their children <laughs> those are his kids right he was helping them with homework uh, involved in their projects you know he even created an assembly line where he had five or six of these daughters in the bathtub and they would <laughs> you can scrub, relate to this yeah you? they would scrub each other's back turn around face the other way scrub <laughs> each other's other back anyway wash each other's anyway had this great assembly line but Another thing that he would do is every Saturday morning, he would also take the kids away. He would take the kids and they'd go to a fun activity, whether it was swimming, ice skating, fishing, tennis, whatever. They would just go do something fun. But that was Dansel's downtime as well because he, he recognized that she needed that. And, I, and, and of course, on the cooperation part, of course, she was manning the whole operation all, all the other times that we haven't mentioned. But I think what, what a great tag team, so to speak. Of Russell and Dansel. In fact, one of their daughters in an interview I had, uh, when I asked the question, 
of how did your dad do all that? How did he do it all? Oh, and she said, oh, easy. One word, mother. You know, it was, it was Dancil who was the wind beneath their wings behind the scenes making everything happen, right? Wow, what a great example of cooperation in a marriage. <laughs> yes. So number five is elevate. And I love this one. It says, do all that, he said, I'll do all that you can to elevate each other's mood at the mm. end of a long day or wow. during a difficult challenge or while sorting through a difference of opinions. Transform problems into opportunities. And I love that. I love how he's encouraging us as spouses to walk in and, you know, and come in instead of being Debbie Downer, come in, be positive. <laughs> and no matter what's going on at home, no matter what the chaos is, is to come and add add to the energy and the happiness of the home instead of come down and be like, why is this house a wreck? Why haven't you kids? Why isn't dinner on the table or whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember and one so, time listening to a speaker who told that story, kind of the way you just shared it, but of how he always wanted to be the kind of dad that when he walked in the door, his family said, oh, thank goodness dad's home and not, oh, great, dad's home. You know, and I, <laughs> I, I, every time I hear that, I worry, I kind of worry about that But for myself. But I, I hope you, yeah, it's great to be able to add, like you said, Janie, to the mood. I, I love how he says here, President Nelson said, do not set foot over the thresh, threshold of your home until you are prepared to elevate the mood of your wife and children. Oh if you gosh. have to sit in the car for a minute, <laughs> if you have to like listen to music before you walk in. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. I think and, and we as women too, don't come home from like release society or girls night out and walk into a mess and start ranting and raving, you know, be like, okay, honey, thanks for... Helping yeah. with the kids tonight and let's get the house picked up now or whatever. Right. But I, I love that idea of when we walk into our home, we need to elevate the mood, not... Not deflate. Not, yeah, <laughs> and not, yeah, bring exactly. things down. <laughs> right. You know, President Nelson was big. There was a lot of compliments, a lot of praise. I know that on Mother's Day, all the daughters, including, you know, of course, Dancel as well, would receive a corsage from him. Aww. One of the things he would do, the daughters said that when he would walk into their home, you know, is he would always say, look how beautiful your mother looks tonight. He was always pointing out how beautiful Danza was. And I'm sure that she probably may not have felt that way. And, you know, meaning a mother with eight, nine, ten children, uh, a lot of things going on and probably felt like, you know, maybe maybe she didn't feel as beautiful as she once was. He always, every day, m wanted her to know that he thought she was beautiful. And he would always greet her with affection. The first thing he would do when he walked into the home is he would find Dancil and he would give her a kiss. And then once he did that, then he would kind of move his way through and, and make sure he greeted affectionately all of his children that same way. And then I love this statement I read in Spencer J. Condy's biography of President Nelson's life. He said, Russell knows why the Lord blessed him with nine beautiful daughters. It is because they had such a saintly mother to teach them. And I just think that is so true. Janie, I think that of you as well. I mean, that's why we have, have seven daughters, right? Because they, need, they needed a good mom. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, number six is motivate. President Nelson said, encourage your spouse to develop his or her talents to grow and to serve. Be the reason your spouse is able to do something that he or she might not have thought possible. Wow. I love that. 
Yeah. He said, brethren, motivate your wife to develop a talent she may have, whether it is in the art, music, literature, or some other field. Help her to feel the growth of that talent. Most men belong to groups of peers committed to advancing the quality of their daily work. Encourage your wife to do the same. For example, participation in Relief Society will bring enrichment to her soul, an opportunity to serve that will help her to advance her own innate cap- capacity. Mm. So I love that. I love that he was so... Um, he was so busy himself. I mean, so incredibly busy as a state president and having 10 children and having a busy <laughs> career as a, a world-renowned surgeon. Like, right. how did he do it all? But he felt so important. He felt that it was so important to push or allow, push encourage, or allow or encourage, encourage Dancil yeah. to do the same, to develop her own talents. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that about you. I remember as a young mom, I had like five little kids at home under the age of like six or seven. And, yeah. and I was just overwhelmed. And I was just in the drudgery of just motherhood and diapers and just you go from one meal and laundry and all those kind of things that young mothers do. And and you came home and I just told you how I just needed something and you encouraged me to take an art class. Yeah. And that just changed everything. I loved it because it gave me something to look forward to. It gave me something to do during nap time while they were sleeping. It gave me something <laughs> to do just to fill my own bucket and to feel fulfilled. Right. And so, yeah, I was always grateful that you, and then you took the kids that night. You would drop me off. I <laughs> <laughs> am glad you remember that. <laughs> and so I really appreciated that, that you did that for me too. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, and this is where, as we're talking about motivate, that President Nelson was really the one encouraging Dancil to uh, be a part of the Tabernacle Choir. Try out, you'll, you can do this, you know, or giving her the space to go do the volunteer work she wanted to do. What a lot of people may not know is that President Nelson, you know, has such a great gift for languages and would often hire tutors to be taught how to speak Spanish or German or, as, as many know, Mandarin. But what people may not be aware of is that Dancil would often uh, join him in those lessons that they would take because they wanted to grow together, right, and, and accomplish a goal together. And I think that's, that's super cool. Okay, number seven is radiate. And that's a little bit, you know, close to elevate or appreciate, things like that. But I love the spin that, that President Nelson takes on it. He says, radiate. I hope that you will radiate goodness by being good. And please try to radiate more light than heat. <laughs> mm. Yes, we need, we need that. The Lord placed a sun in the sky to provide light for the day. He placed a moon and stars to provide light for the night. And he placed you in a home to provide blessings of the priesthood and the light of the gospel. If you will radiate that light, your home will be a beacon of light to your entire neighborhood. Don't you love that? I, I love, love that. that. Yeah. I love that. That as we, you know, have a good marriage and a strong marriage and then teach our children the same that then we have a Christ-like home. We have a home where people feel welcome. We have a home that maybe people would want to learn the gospel from, that people will look to you and think, wow, they have something different there. So I love I love his his take on radiate and what that it's means. It's kind of like you're radiating this goodness and this love and this light from you to the marriage, but then from the marriage to the family, and then from the family to the to the community. Yeah. And and we do have a great, awesome responsibility and opportunity to share to share love and light with with those around us, especially our neighbors, right? And I know, I know the Nelsons were great examples that way. I know that they often sang as a family, and people came and watched them from everywhere singing together, and they sang in their wards and their stakes. 
I mean, children. just the fact they had 10 children, yeah. you know, automatically. That's going to generate interest, right? Right. And then they were so spectacular and kind and loving. And and I know you've said that often, that as you've interviewed some of his children, you know, that they were just the most giving, kind, loving, wonderful people. Very warm, very, very welcoming. And that definitely probably came from their parents' example. Yeah. They radiated that to their children. Just being down to earth, you know, just loving everyone, being lights. You know, kind of along these lines, and this was in an interview I did with one of the daughters, but there was just such the such a wonderful demonstration of love and respect towards each other every day. Uh, the children said they'd never, ever heard their mom and dad yell or raise their voices at each other. In fact, the only time President Nelson as a father would ever show any sign of sternness towards his children is if they were ever rude are unkind to mom. Mm. If you if you go there, that's not going to be good. Don't disrespect mom. <laughs> right, right. He just did not tolerate that behavior. But I love this, that because Russell and Dancel treated each other so well, their children also learned how to treat each other so well with kindness, love, tenderness, and respect. And that's part mm-hmm. of this radiating love and light, you know, from the marriage into the family. I love that. You know, as I study the lives of our prophets and apostles, there's no question that one of the reasons why these men are where they are today is because of their outstanding, spectacular wives. When you talk about radiating light, you know, Dansel was the epitome of that. (laughs) Um, One of the... A couple stories that I read about Danzel that just makes me feel terrible as a mother. <laughs> no, no more me. You, you, this is how you are, actually are. But she said that um, one of her daughters dropped by their mom's house with her two-year-old daughter, and her two-year-old daughter accidentally broke one of Danzel's beautiful, expensive Yadro figurines. Mm. And the little granddaughter immediately sensed she was in deep trouble and began to cry. Her loving grandmother, Danzel quickly enveloped her in her arms and said, Mindy, don't worry about that. It's just a thing. And that's not important. You're the one who's important. Mm. And I, I what love an awesome that. grandma. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then another time, another daughter came over and brought her, her baby and he had been having a tummy ache. And so she'd given him some red gelatin water in a bottle to soothe his tummy. Right. And he threw up splattering red <laughs> stain all over Danzel's light colored carpet. Oh. <laughs> and it permanently, you know, they couldn't get it out. It right. just was red stained in a white carpet. And without the least, least degree of distress, Danzel merely put a small area rug over the discolored section and never mentioned the incident after that. Wow. And I'm like, that's my goal. I hope mm. that I can be that kind of grandma. Well, I think you are honey. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Last story, which, I mean, she's seriously a saint. <laughs> Dancel confessed on one occasion when she nearly lost her temper. <laughs> you like that? She, she almost 10 got children. Mad. How did she almost nearly lose her temper? <laughs> she inherited a family heirloom, a beautifully cut glass bowl that she had been given by her mother as a wedding gift. And when she had, she had placed it on the living room table. And as the grandchildren were playing upstairs on one occasion, a ball came rolling down the stairs and bounced right into the table and shattered the glass bowl into thousands of shards. After t- taking a deep breath, I guess at that point she almost lost her temper. <laughs> that was it. After she took a deep breath, she said, well, it's my own fault. I should have known better to put that beautiful cut glass bowl on the table with little children around. Mm. And Dancel recalled a statement by her own mother which I can totally relate to because I have felt this way when our grandkids leave. But 
She said, when the children come home and leave their dirty fingerprints on the windows, cupboards, and doors, I don't know whether I should wash them off or varnish them on. Mm. And I, I've, I've felt that before. Seeing the little handprints all over our glass sliding glass door, mm. sometimes I just want to leave them there because I miss them. <laughs> so I get that. Okay, our last grade eight <laughs> right. is supplicate. Let your home be a house of prayer, President Nelson said, a house of order and a house of God. And as you worthily partake of the sacrament each week, you will have the spirit of the Lord to always be with you. Husbands and wives, study the doctrines together. Grow together in spiritual symmetry. Let your home be the primary sanctuary of your family's faith. And then he says, doing so will bless your marriage in ways you cannot imagine. Mm. I love this idea because in my mind, it's kind of the foundation that we want to be building on, which is a foundation of faith, but it's the foundation of Christ. Jesus Christ, not only is the chief cornerstone for the for our faith and for the gospel, but but for our homes, right? The, the, he's the chief cornerstone. And I love how the Nelsons, through all of this, running their children practices and games and and uh, doing all these other uh, activities with their families, with their family, the gospel came first, and all the children knew that. In fact, I love that President Nelson once said that he gets up before anyone else, gives them some personal time for scripture reading, private prayer, and playing the hymns for 30 minutes every morning of Bach on the organ. He says, by the time I leave my home in the morning, my mind is filled with good things, the scriptures and fine music. There's another occasion that President Nelson talks about in this book, The Heart of the Matter, where he turns to Danzel and says, you know what, I'm just not progressing spiritually the way that I wish I was. I feel like I need to get up earlier. Would you mind if I got up at 4.30 in the morning and started to really dig in and study the scriptures and also learn to play the organ? A lot of us, I think, maybe assume that he just started playing the organ when he was five years old, but he didn't learn to play the organ until he was a father and a husband and started taking that up. He even tells in the story how he would plug in some earphones, you know, into the organ so it didn't wake everyone up, which was nice, I'm sure. But that foundation, along with the foundation of having family scripture study with the family every morning at 6.30 a.m., prayer, 6.45 a.m., and then 10 p.m. was was the closing prayer and the wind-up scene for the night. But this was a family who was building their house on the rock. Mm, built a sanctuary of faith. Yeah. That's for sure. We love that. One of the things I've enjoyed about our episode today is, as we've talked about President Nelson and, and his strong feelings about marriage and how to strengthen marriage, is that as we study the lives of these apostles and prophets, they just they find a way to devote the time and the energy that they need to have happy and and you know happy marriages and families and i'm not saying that they're perfect and i'm sure all of them would be the first ones to say no we weren't perfect at all we just tried our best and i think that's all that we can do but it's also awesome to know that our prophet lives the way that he's been teaching us for a long time Mm, very much so. And I love how he, at the beginning, he admitted, he said, there's no perfect people, right? We all come into marriage with a handicap because we are imperfect. But it is so awe-inspiring to see these men that they walk the walk. They, yes. they live what they teach. And so in closing today, I hope that something in there inspired you. I know I was very inspired by, by the things that President Nelson teaches us, but his great eights, as, and I was going to say, as we you know go to our LDS, let's do something. I think we need to each 
maybe just take one of these. Just take yeah. one area where we think that we can improve, whether it's anticipate, appreciate, celebrate, cooperate, elevate, motivate, radiate, or supplicate. <laughs> There's a lot of eights there. Like, like those. Said. I'm going to put those on our uh, on our wall today <laughs> on our fridge. Um, but if we could just choose one of those, an area maybe where we can improve in our own marriages and family and just make a goal there, do something, you know, as easy as maybe it's just showing more gratitude to our spouse, maybe appreciating them, thanking them, um, celebrating something fun coming up, whatever it is that really stuck out to us. That's our challenge this week is to take one of President Nelson's grade eights <laughs> and apply them. Yeah, I love that. So just pick one. Everyone, thank you for, for uh, being with us today. We're so grateful for that. Remember to feel free to email us at preservingfamiliespodcast at gmail.com. And once again, we just reiterate, as we go through the life of President Nelson, there's no question, Janie, in our minds, that our that President Russell M. Nelson is a prophet, seer, and revelator, and that if we follow the things that he teaches, our lives, our marriages, our families will be edified, strengthened, protected, and and fortified. Amen. Love that. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time.